Welcome to the Pinkleton Pull Aside podcast. On this podcast, let's step aside from our busy lives to have fun, fascinating, life-giving conversation with inspiring authors, pastors, sports personalities, and other influencers, leaders, and followers. Sit back, grab some coffee, or head down the road, and let's get the good and gold from today's guest. Here's Jeff Pinkleton, Executive Director of the Gathering of the Miami Valley, where their mission is to connect men to men and men to God. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to the Pinkleton Pull Aside Podcast. You might be wondering, hey, those golden pipes that you're hearing right now, those aren't of Jeff Pinkleton. That is right. Folks, this is super fan Tim Young. I have the privilege today to be a guest co-host alongside of someone I look up to, a great basketball player, an amazing sports writer, and just an amazing human being. My co-host today, Doug Harris. Doug, welcome to the show. Thank you. For a minute there, I wasn't sure you were talking about me, but thank you very much for that. Flattering interrupt. I guess can I interrupt and say I cried last yeah. night at a comedy club. I had tears rolling down my face. You might go there again. In two days, I will have had a lot of tears all because of laughter. <laughs> well, you know, Doug, growing up, Johnny Carson was the king of late night TV. Yeah. And when he would take that day off, it was a huge deal for someone to come in to be the guest host. And if anyone had aspirations to be a late night talk show host, that was a make or break day for them. Now I know that, that Jeff typically has people who have excelled in the world of music and comedy, folks that have written books and, and sports leaders. But when I saw today's guest, he has got none of these. So yeah. I'm a little concerned that we may not be set up for success. <laughs> so folks, we have a special treat for you today. We are going to turn the tables on Jeff, your fearless podcast leader, and we're going to attempt to pull back the pink layers to get to the heart of who Jeff really is and what makes him tick. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, please welcome Jeff Pickleton to his uh, own podcast. <laughs> Jeff. Tim, that is so. I just texted my sister. I said, "Man, Tim Young interviewing me is so funny." <laughs> Doug, I I thought he was gonna go for like forty five minutes and just do a shtick. And I know he's done it in like one, two, three minute sound bites on Facebook. But I'm like, can he go for forty five minutes? He may get to the end and say one question. <laughs> yeah. You contributed nothing. I contributed nothing, and we might want Rob Oller back on here. Well, that's, he, he's got skill, man. You can tell. He's got <laughs> Doug skill. and I talked about this. The, the 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 most that we can have, or the least that we can have. You talk today, Jeff. That's really what we're supposed to do. But <laughs> as I hold on here, as I as I check my notes, Jeff, as we talked about this, I actually misread that. It, I thought it said roast, and it's actually oh. host. So I, I do apologize for getting off on the on the wrong foot. But I'd like to to kick the show off. You know, I'm I'm a super fan. I've listened to all of your podcasts. We've known each other for over wow. 40 years. Yeah. I, I think for me, the biggest thing that I think that you bring to the table is really just your genuine interest in people. So mm. as I mentioned before, we've, we've known each other for over 40 years. For those folks that can't compute what 40 years ago, 40 years ago, we did not have the internet. 40 years ago, we did not have the cell phone. Jeff Pinkleton was truly Twitter before Twitter became available. <laughs> If you wanted to know something about somebody, if you wanted to know something about a situation, 
you would talk to Jeff. And and honestly, Jeff, I think it's because you have this genuine interest in people. And, you know, I know that you typically kick off your show and having folks talk about their, their three minute testimony, but we'll have you, we'll have you do that. But I would just like to understand what is it about just building relationships with people that truly motivates you and, and I guess gives you that zest for life. Yeah. Let me, let me be clear here. If there's, there's probably going to be need, grace needed today. Usually I, and you guys know this, I send out a script ahead of time when I'm interviewing people say, Hey, this is more content than we got time for. We'll go where Holy spirit goes. We'll stick to it where we need to stick to it. We'll go way astray. I want to be very clear here. I did not get a script. There's no <laughs> notes, nothing sent my way. The Lord did not speak to me. I got nothing. So Everything is on the fly. I need a lot of grace. That question is pretty easy to answer because actually Doug Harris, as many people will know, it plays a part in that. I mean, Doug's investment in me, he was a sports writer. I was an aspiring sports writer who desperately wanted to earn three thirty-five an hour at the Springfield New Sun, and I achieved that goal. Thank you, Tim Busey. Bump me up 60 cents and get me to 395. Um, no, whatever my pay was, it was probably right around that. But, you know, I think Doug will remember this. When when Mike Young, your brother, Tim, was at Young Life Camp way back when, we had a cabin time one night, and we, we were getting really deep. We were getting personal. I was the oldest kid, not kid, uh, in the room. And Doug asked us some big, deep question about who really has impacted your life and made a difference. And I threw out the following answers. It was Ric Flair chuck woolery in arsenio hall and doug like wanted to take me back behind the cabin and just lay the <laughs> lay the wood into me like pink people are sharing about their uncle their you know some some kid they saw like real stuff and i'm being silly but the funny thing is I, there was some truth to that in the sense that guys like chuck woolery guys like arsenio hall david letterman walter cronkite Paul Harvey, they were so good at interviewing people. I was always intrigued by that. And, you know, growing up, wanting to be a coach, basketball, ideally, but being involved in the interview process, I was fascinated by talk shows, interviews in magazines. I've joked before, and it's, it's true. There's a Doug Harris article hanging in my room when I was still at home of his last article he wrote about Don Donaher when Don Donaher stepped down as the UD basketball coach. So I think I saw and learned a lot from people who cared about people and were intrigued. And I was fascinated by the power of a question. And, uh, you know, through watching Doug and getting to know other people in ministry, realized the priority of understanding people's names and details about them. And facts, Young Life taught you to go up to school and meet a kid and go back to your car and write down three details about them. And I didn't do that all the time, but I kind of developed in my mind a way to keep those facts and uh, people love to hear their name. They love to be asked their question. My, my kids over the years have heard me say numerous times, when adults ask you a question, do not give them yes or no answers. If they ask your opinion, you're going to go through plenty of times in your life. No one cares what your opinion is. But if you're being asked, answer that question as fully as you can because it shows care. So praise God for great examples. I just did a study while I was at a monastery recently about Romans 8 and the five questions that are asked in Romans 8. It was fascinating. Romans 8, 31 through 39. And Jesus asked incredible questions. Um, John Maxwell, John Wooden, those guys on a bigger scale have influenced my life. Doug, that's now the second or third longest soundbite ever. I'm breaking, <laughs> I'm breaking my own rules. 
Well, do you think that we've kind of lost that though in, in today's society where you walk into a restaurant or you walk into a anywhere? I mean, everyone's just so fixed on their phone and, and that, that true engagement, it just seems to be more challenging anymore for people to do that. Well, I mean, I think you look at, you know, I, I spend a lot of time at places like Panera, Chick-fil-A where, you know, they have, they have Wi-Fi. They have outlets so I can plug in and uh, I love to be around people. And how many times do you go somewhere and you see a group of like, you know, the high school guys or girls, the college students, even a family and everybody's out on their phone. Now there's good things you can learn on your phone. Let's don't get crazy and say there's not value there. But man, when you see people actively engaging each other, you know, my mom has a woman she gets together with for lunch, like once a year and they meet for like four or five hours. And I often joke like, Okay, you know there's 364 days beyond today. You could have, you know, Doug's wife, Dot, has a friend, Connie. I love seeing Dot and Connie out for a meal. And I, Doug, don't wrap me out too bad here. I disrupt their lunch probably every time I see them. But I love seeing the digging in each other's lives that, that Dot and Connie do. And so I think it is a lost thing, but I also think we've got examples and we can see it all over the place where it's still there and it's good. And, you know, I I had to text one of my sons about a situation he was dealing with, with a business owner who happens to be a friend of mine. And I told him in this text, I said, son, I won't tell you which one it was. I said, son, the best way to communicate is always face to face in person. If you can't do that, a phone call or Zoom is next a text or an email, yeah, it'll work, and you know it, it's, but it's got to be last resort. In person, together, always going to be the best. So, yeah, it's lost, but I run towards the people who do this and do this well. Awesome. Yeah, I agree, Jeff. Well, Jeff, as you know, we're going to cover a lot of ground today. We're going to be all over the place. Myself, I'm a sports junkie, as you know. Mm-hmm. I, I got a chance to to listen to our podcast, and all I talk about is sports. I live it. I love it. That's what I do. And I have a lot of questions that are going to be kind of in that genre, if you will. So my first question for you, you have one sporting event to go see live, and you can only take two people. Now, clearly, we're going to exclude family, and I know that you would take Doug and myself. That's right. exclude us. (laughs) So where are you going and who's going with you and why? Okay, you know what really stinks about this question? The, the answer is easy. The answer of where I'm going is the U.S. Open. And let's be clear, it's the tennis one, not the golf one. Got it. Okay. We do the golf one, but I want to go to Flushing Meadows. What really stinks about that is, I mean, you guys would know this. To take my sister Kelly would be a lot of fun because she's never been, I've never been. So I would definitely want to take my sister Kelly. But, hey, I'm sticking to the question. I've had a lot of really cool sporting events with my son, Alex. So I'm going to say Alex. I think I'd want to say Kara, but I think Kara might find a way to say, well, it depends what's going on and what goes against it. The funnest thing I've ever done with my daughter, Leah, was we went to the Western Southern Open together. We met Madison Keys, and she will not say it was the funnest thing we've ever done together, but I always do. I had a blast. She's not a big, she's on a bowling team now, but she doesn't play tennis, probably never really will. But I would take Alex and Leah since I can't take, oh, wait, wait, did you tell me I can't take family at all? No family and oh. no co-hosts. Oh, I was I was gonna, <laughs> I was going to then say you guys, my yeah. buddy Andy Gundoff, uh, who's the young life kid of mine. He did play tennis in high school for a little bit, so I'll say Andy Gundoff. He would be a lot of fun, and uh, I'm going to say, so gosh, it's on ESPN now. 
Who have I talked to? Who's got – see, if I was still on CBS, Clark Kellogg would have some perks because he works for CBS. So I'd say Clark, but it's on ESPN. Do we know anybody? Has there anybody been on here? Uh, oh, Jason Romano. I'll take Jason Romano since he's been on here because he probably still has some ESPN perks. So I want some added bonuses to my experience. So my next question – You've had on folks. Hey, you know, you know, Doug's a co-host too, right? Just I know he's a co-host. Okay. I know so he's a co-host, and hey, I, Tim, I have a, I have a tendency to take brother. over. So Tim, run with it. I love re- it. Raise your hand. <laughs> yeah, go, so, brother. I know you've talked with folks in the world of comedy. Mm-hmm. You're a big fan of concerts, and as we talked about, sporting events is also something that's been a big part of your life. You have to start, bench, and cut. A sporting event, a music concert, or a comedy show. If you have a chance to go out for the evening, which one are you going to start? Which one are you going to cut? Which one are you going to bench? What do you mean by cut and bench? Aren't those the same things? Doug, you might have to have to speak whatever language I need to hear to understand that question. No, because you could you bench bench somebody. They're still on the team. They're oh, still a oh, okay. You cut them. They're gone. Yeah. So out. I, I, man, this is hard. I'm definitely starting a comedy club. I went last okay. night. I mean, I love – I don't know what's funny to me. Go to the right guys and and laugh hysterically. I mean, the problem with sports is it it does bring out a little bit of negative. It's hard to go to a sporting event and there's not some kind of negative. Comedy club, there's no negative. I mean, it's – I mean, unless someone just goes over the top and they're talking rated triple X or triple R all the time, that's the only way you lose. But you kind of know what you're going to see there. So comedy start. Man, this is going to sound bad with both you guys as sports guys, and I do love sports. I'm probably cutting sports, and I probably bench the concert. Okay. Definitely starting the comedy. They just announced yesterday, hopefully this isn't too timely in a negative way, but um, the Hollywood Bowl, they're doing a new Netflix special, and it's going to be Jerry Seinfeld, Jim Gaffigan, who I have not seen. I've seen everybody else two times or more as of next year. Sebastian Maniscalco and Nate Bargatze. And I had texted a couple we're friends with and my wife, and I said, how quickly do we get tickets to fly out to L.A.? Joking, because I can't afford it. But those four at the Hollywood Bowl, sign me up. I would ditch Wait Jim Gaffigan. Jeff, you seen uh, Jerry Seinfeld in person? I've seen him by myself, because there was only one ticket. They were all single solo tickets. Fourth row at the Schuster Center. And then Karen and I went and saw Nosebleeds. I've seen Sebastian once. I'm going to see him again at the Nutter Center. They've already sold tickets for next November. And then I've seen Nate uh, twice. I'm getting ready to see him again in January. Okay. Jerry, I love Jerry Seinfeld. That's uh, cool that you got to see him. Yeah. Well, you go see Nate Bergetti. He is He's on the fast track. He was on Eli and Peyton the other night. He was on College Game Day. He did SNL. He, he is blowing up, and Nate is – all kinds of funny. All right, let me throw you another one. If you had the opportunity and resources were not an issue, what would your dream job be and where would you live? Boy, this sounds so terrible to say because it sounds like such a suck up whatever kind of answer. But I, I'd be doing what I'm doing. I love what I'm doing. The only other place I've, t- I've said, like, if God told me and Kara to leave Springfield – and go anywhere, but we can't stay in Springfield. There's something about Asheville, North Carolina, in that area I love. Billy Graham's The Cove is there. Billy Graham lived there. I love the hills. You know, you put me in a beach or uh, a mountain or whatever. I mean, I'll take the mountain every day of the week. Probably something like that. You're close to ACC area. 
I'm from Tennessee, so it's close to Tennessee, probably something like that. If if it wasn't that, and I gave another answer that's not what I do, I'd go back to my old school thing and kind of like a podcast. I would love to be a late night talk show host. Stephen Colbert should have got me on after him instead of Taylor. <laughs> Ditch Taylor Tomlinson put me on at 54 years old with no talent. You talk about sports and you're going to ask me a bunch of sports questions. People are laughing right now like, what does Pinkleton know really ultimately about anything about sports? Dude, you were the, you were the kid when we were growing up that had all the wristbands. You were decked out, ready to go. You yeah. had the Dr. J Converse. You were money. You were money. <laughs> yes. Doug, and nobody's ever described me with clothes or any kind of gear on and said money. That's a first. <laughs> Here's what's funny about this. It's funny that Doug's on here. I've never had anybody told me I have a great singing voice, but one person, Doug's, uh, what would that be? That'd be your stepdaughter, Misty. Yeah. yeah. She said I had a great voice. And do you know what I said to her when she told me that? What? She was way too young, but I said, when you're the right age, I will marry you. <laughs> She told me once hey. I had a great singing voice. Nobody has ever done that. That that's really cool. Yeah. I didn't know. Tell her that. I'm married though, and she's married, so it probably won't work out for us now. But I told her you're yeah. young, but when you get old enough, I will marry you for asking me or comment that. Yeah. Now, did she tell you that you should be a solo artist? That you sing solo that people yeah, yeah. can't hear you? I think <laughs> she said you she said you need to be the sixth member of One Direction. <laughs> great. Hey, I know, Jeff, I, we, we've talked about it before, the connections that you've made over the years and, and the work that you do is just, just absolutely incredible, you know, bringing men to men and men to God. But there has to be times where there's truly a challenge where you see somebody that truly is in need and for whatever reason, they just are struggling to get it. I mean, how do you how do you deal with those type of situations? I know myself, I'm a person that has to have closure, so it drives me nuts, but can you give us an example of like a, a situation? You don't have to name names, but it's a situation where you know somebody needs help and clearly the best path is to follow the Lord. But for whatever reason, they just struggle. How do you how do you work through that? Because I'm sure we all experience people that we'd love to help. And for whatever reason, they just the light doesn't seem to go off. How do you how do you work through those situations? You know, it's funny. I'm thinking about being on here with you guys and thinking about our, me and Doug's good friend, okay. Wally Martinson. And he's he's taught me a lot over the years about I can have a scarcity mindset versus an abundance mindset. And I think about, you know, a nonprofit world, which I've done for, what, 26 years now. Gosh, almost half my life. We can look and say, well, there, here's the pie. I got to get my piece. Versus we can say, there's always more pie. And I was actually thinking about a guy on the way here today, driving up, that is going through some tough stuff. He wants things to change. There's two things in his life he really needs. The one, I'm not sure if it's happening. It may be. But the other one, from what I can tell, because I would have some involvement in this, is not happening. And there's just a breakdown where he's living a life. It's challenging more than it needs to be. And victory on some level, if not fully, to a larger extent, is there for him, but he's just not put himself in the right place. So I think for most things, you know, someone who says, I need or want a million dollars, okay, that's ridiculous. You don't need or want. That's not maybe God's plan, and it's not going to get answered. But when we're talking about relational stuff, we're talking about the right job, the right whatever, assuming some level of skill sets there, some level of opportunity, opportunity, is always there. So I just think seeing people who know what they want, you can give them exactly what they want 
whether it's community and relationships, which is the space I'm going to deal with people in all the time. Um, I'll give you an example. So a guy reached out to me recently and said, hey, my sister lives out of town and she's struggling with her boss. How could you help? Well, she's out of town, not in a place where I really know a lot of people. It's a big city. And I said, well, let me ask you this. Where is your sister at spiritually? He goes, oh, well, she's walking with the Lord. And I said, is she plugged into a church? Yes. He told me the name of the church. I knew the name of the church because years ago I went to a concert there. And I said, well, is she involved in anything? He goes, yeah, she's in a small group. I said, well, let me help you out with that. Not to be dismissive. She's in a small group at a pretty decent sized church. I'm sure there's people in that small group that will be able to point her in the right direction. If it's me, I'm going to know someone who knows someone who knows someone. We're three links removed, all kinds of ways that can fall through the cracks. Why don't you have her talk to people in her small group? And he goes, that makes sense. That's understandable. So I can't help there, but I'm like, let's rethink what you're really asking. That's great. My next question, and, and Doug, this is probably a question for you too as well, since you played basketball at the highest level in college. But you know, my daughter is taking a class in college and they're talking about the importance of sports in college. And, and my question really is in today's collegiate environment, whether you're talking football or, or basketball in particular, what do you think are the biggest issues that are facing college athletes? I think that my, my second part of that would just be, you know, with, with the transfer portal and all the, the free money that's out there now, what do you think is, is really the direction of, of college athletics. And if you were, if you were there to lend a hand, what would you, what would you do to help out here? You're asking the wrong guy. Cause I'm so down on college sports right now. It's not even funny. I don't I mean, Doug certainly way better to answer that question. I, I just think the purity, you know, I've, I've always been a big fan. Todd Blackledge, I know always promoted this, that college football had it right when they did the play in one game, played all the bowl games as is pick the two best teams play. I totally agreed with that. I said that over and over. I think he had it right. We had a system in place. There's always the argument about, well, everything should be about a playoff. Well, even when you do a playoff, I know it's a tournament. The best team doesn't always win. Every system is not the right system. NFL, college football, they do different overtime sessions. It's fine. I think the purity to me in so many ways is gone. You know, I love that Doug covers Wright State. I think at a school like Wright State, go Raiders, my alma mater, go Scott Nagy, previous podcast guest. I think because it's at a low enough Division One level, it's not one of the Power Five conferences, sometimes there's still some purity there and, and some goodness and some things where people play for the love of the game. But, you know, when you hear about all these Division One quarterbacks at the Power Five conferences, you better be able to shell out a million to $2 million for them. Yeah. I mean, it, it's – yeah, I, I think I don't know, Doug. You better answer that question. You got it better than I do. Well, I got a great wife who sends me. She's all over Facebook and various news sources and all that stuff, and she kind of gleans the best of the best. And she sent me this two days ago from Lou Holtz. He goes, and I thought this really captured what you're talking about, Tim. He said, "Let me, let me get it." He was asked to describe the difference between football players today and football players 50 years ago, and he would know. He answered simple. Today's athletes talk about rights and privileges, and the players 50 years ago talked about obligations and responsibilities. 
you know, it's, it was just much more like who was I talking to yesterday where might've been dot where we were saying, I was saying, you know, now I, I get it. If you don't make the playoffs and you're in a bowl game, the guys that are going to NFL, almost all will sit it out. Right. Whereas even be not my era, but even later than my era, Guys would say, no, 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 I came in with these. This is my class. These are my friends. I'm going out with them. And mm. they would risk injury or whatever because of just the the rightness of saying, I'm going to finish with the guys I started with. That is lost. You know, that's been lost for a while. Yeah. Well, you think about, Tim, you mentioned transfer portal. When you think about that, you know, guys, uh, who is it, JT Daniels or whatever, who's been with like five teams. I mean, there's no sense of loyalty. There's no sense of like, I mean, when you say go back in, in 20 years and we celebrate whatever we accomplished, I mean, which jersey is that going to, he's going to show up one day and be like, oh, I'm at Texas Tech. I was supposed to be at LSU today. Like, there's no sense of commitment, faithfulness, whatever. I mean, how do you celebrate those kind of classical things that happen when a guy played at the same place for four years and yada, yada, yada? I mean, it's just, it's done. Yeah, and you make a great point. And, and Doug, I'm, I'm sure that in your college career, you dealt with adversity. You dealt with situations where you didn't necessarily think the, the coach was right. But today, it just seems like when that's the situation, instead of dealing with it and moving forward with adversity we quit and i just get right. in the portal get in the yeah. portal right i'll go i'll go right. somewhere else and you know jeff you, you mentioned it i mean you got guys that have played for you know four and five teams have been in college for seven years and i'm like when you come out of it i mean part of the for me part of going to college was learning how to deal with life and in life, you have adversity. Now, granted, I didn't have a chance to play college sports, but you know, I've had two kids that have that played in in college sports, and man, there's times that I'm like, I don't understand what the coach is thinking, but they have to deal with that. Yeah. And and it just seems like today it's like, well, just just quit because I'm telling you, in the real life, and you guys all know it, you can't. Yeah. You can't just quit. Well, yeah, three, yeah. the three quarterbacks for the finalists for the Heisman Trophy all played other places. I mean, that's if you had one, that'd be a miracle or amazing back in the day. But now, all three <laughs> played somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. I just saw yesterday. Not that we had to beat this in the ground, but the NCAA is now saying we're, we're trying to allow kids not just to get to transfer once without sitting out, but transfer twice without sitting out. And I just think we're going in a direction that's not overall going to be good for the long-term character of kids. Yeah, no. You know, you know what's important to me that I'm having a tough time with these NFL teams with like defensive linemen wearing single-digit numbers. How did we get so crazy? Well, we're we're wearing goofy numbers in the NFL. Yeah. Come on, Doug. I knew so, so one of you two had to chuckle at that. <laughs> we, we, we're losing I, it. Yeah. So, think I got it. Tim, just if I could interject something. Yes, please. sir. You, you sparked a memory, Pink, of seeing you working at the New Sun. It had to be in the 80s, right, when we were there? No, I was 90, 94 to 97, I think. We met that day again at, when Michael Jordan hit the shot against Craig Elo and the, okay. the, the, the cast. Okay. I'm curious, okay, how did it go from there or where you that career path you were on to getting into full-time ministry? I really don't know your story that way. 
Um, well, I mean, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know how it is. I mean, you worked there. The new sun was pretty brutal with some of the people in the sports department that you're like, you better have some thick skin because you come in here on a Thursday night and you're working seven to 10 doing editing Beulah Park and Lebanon Raceway and taking a call from some high school coach. If the coach doesn't light you up when you're low man in the totem pole, certain other writers around that time would have lit you up as well and made life not super warm and fuzzy. So, you know, I knew I was never going to be Mitch Album or Mike Lupica or, you know, whoever. And Rob Aller. Rob, I was going to say Doug Harris, but, you know, we'll, we'll throw Rob mm-hmm. some shade. Yeah. Whoever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think I had, uh, you know, wrestled with full-time ministry not terribly long after you and I met, and I'd been doing it for a while till, uh, you know, our friend, former Young Life Area Director, Steve Ann Mater, basically locked me in a room in Wheeling, West Virginia at Ogle Bay and said, Pink, what are you doing? And he asked me the question, Tim Young, you'll love it. He asked me the question. He goes, money's no object. You can do whatever you want. What are you doing? And I said, well, that's obvious. I do what I'm doing right now, which is go pour my life into teenagers, high school kids, and sharing the gospel and basically doing that. And the moment the words left my mouth, Holy Spirit caught him and said, think about what you just said. And their handwriting was on the wall. Steve couldn't have had it any easier because he's like, well, why are you playing games? And I said, well, you know, I'm a pretty daggone good volunteer. A great volunteer doesn't mean I'll be great paid staff. You know, Young Life at that time was not having an opening in Springfield, and I didn't really want to leave Springfield. And then I interviewed to go on staff in Cleveland after it was very clear I was supposed to do something, and that did not happen. I was told no because there was a volunteer leader there at uh, Lisa Hines Old School. Was that it? Oh, I'm blanking on the name of the school up in Cleveland. It'll come to me like two minutes from now. And they said no. It was a church partnership deal. And then about two weeks later, the guy that was the volunteer was moving out of state. So I was a perfect fit at that point. And I'd already taken a job at Urbana University. So I said, well, I really can't do that. And then three years later was when the thing opened up in Springfield where Wally and Eli Williams and Major Gingrich and Dave M. Hoff and Alan Dietz and a whole lot of people were getting together to talk about this outreach thing on the west end of town to kids at the Snyder Park area and on that end of town. And I bought in hook, line, and sinker. I loved what they were saying about all those organizations coming together and nobody was being – everybody had to sacrifice something to make that happen. And that totally drew me in. Mm, That's great. That's wonderful. Again, the questions were not given to me ahead of time, so – They were not. These are all thinking on the fly if they they sound bad. Your email – You're you're doing great, Tim and Doug's emails will be listed on the show notes. (laughs) <laughs> well, Jeff, we, we come to that, that particular part of the program where we like to do the rapid five. Now, granted, I know the audience is out there and they know what Jeff typically asks. So we're going to kind of throw a little curveball. We oh. might come back and have some bonus questions. But I've got a few that I'd like to ask. So first of all, Jeff. Hey, Doug, by the way, Doug, talking- don't you love when Tim gets in the mode of like he's this character versus it, when it's wonderful. Tim? He's yeah, a character. He did this for a living. And then he's Tim. <laughs> and then he's Tim. And then he's <laughs> a character. Right. Everybody needs to friend Tim on Facebook because his professional life, yes. he, does, he does do some great characters. Uh, somebody referenced Will Ferrell last night. I said, my buddy Tim Young kills <laughs> Will Ferrell and does him perfectly. And again, we'll give him love. His son, Devin Young, is doing some really cool shoe designs. Just did something tied to shoes for the shoeless with Cincinnati Bengals running back Joe Mixon. So we'll throw Devin Young some shade too. Hey, we'll take it. Yeah. We'll take it. Yeah, he's natural. So when it comes to Christmas music, Jeff. Hate it. 
Is it is it allowed before or after, after Thanksgiving? I think it's due to be shared at about eleven fifty nine p.m. on December twenty fourth, and it okay. should end about twelve oh five a.m. December twenty fifth. I take that back. I, I, I'm not. You know, anybody knows me would say I'm pretty much some level of a Scrooge when it comes to Christmas. I do love. Do they know it's Christmas? I do love some of the great songs we sing at churches. Oh, come all you faithful. I mean, I can list numerous ones. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel is one of my favorite. I would say, let's say, let's start December 1. Okay. I'm not a big fan. I'm I'm definitely, ask my sisters, ask my parents, ask Kara. I definitely would, the scale would teeter towards the Scrooge son. Unashamedly. Where do you weigh in on that? Uh, Well, my wife decorated our house. Before Thanksgiving, we skip Thanksgiving wow. decorations. Wow. We can't get enough. There's about four trees in our house, artificial, but in some little and well decorated. I contributed nothing to that, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, I can't get enough of it. I like all the old movies, Christmas Carol. You know, there's about four versions. Yeah. So, and I, I'm, I'm a softie that way. I think yeah. when you look at all the stuff that you put out for Christmas, it's hard to just have it out for four weeks. So enjoy yes, it. enjoy it. Yes. So pink, what is your favorite movie snack? Favorite Ooh. movie snack? Yeah. Um, one of the movies. What are you sneaking in? Well, I'm definitely sneaking something in. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> um, and it was funny. Let's go old school. I haven't, I, I, I don't know when I last had these. I, they, they do still exist to my knowledge, but the chocolate goobers. Yes. Let's go with some chocolate goobers. I do. I'm with you there. Do we buy into that? You, are, we, are we supporting that? I have, I'm a big goober. I'm supporting that. <laughs> I'm a big goober. I'm a goober. How about you, Doug? What would you take? Your favorite movie snack? Uh, oh, it's got to be like a tub of butter popcorn. Yeah. Yeah. Doug, come sense. on. You can do better yeah. than that, can't you? I don't know. Sorry. There's Jeff, a, take, there is I'm a simplicity to Doug Harris, though, that you got to love that way. That is a simplistic thing, and that, that does fit him. Jeff, I'm going to take you back here a few years ago. I think when uh, when we were younger, we used to do, uh, in the summertime, Possum used to have like a camp. And then at times we, we would all go to this activity and then they would take us to different things. And I think one day they took us, I think it was probably in the, in the 80s, they took us to go see the movie E.T. Mm. So it was a field trip. We're going to see E.T. And if you know my dad, my dad was all about sneaking stuff in. So instead of giving us money to take... We had a brown bag of popcorn and a can of probably big K soda. And I can remember getting into our seat, sitting down, and all of a sudden that can of pop falls on the ground and just rolls up. Oh. And just rolls. And it's one of, you know, back in those days, movie theaters, it could literally roll from the back to the front. I thought, oh, this is embarrassing. This is embarrassing. So that was uh, an embarrassing story that I've shared brought to you by Big K Soda. Thank you to our sponsor. (laughs) So my next question. Back in the back in the eighties, NBC used to do this program where they would do like kind of sports fantasies. So the one that I remember is there was an Indiana Hoosier fan, and his fantasy was to be dressed in an Indiana basketball uniform. They took him to Notre Dame. He wanted to shoot two foul shots with no time on the clock against the student section for Notre Dame. So Jeff, we're going to give you this opportunity. You're going to get to shoot two foul shots wearing whatever team you'd like to be dressed in. Oh, this is easy. And what team are you shooting against? This is easy. So, Doug, do you remember this show? I don't remember this at all. 
Yeah. Sounds almost like That's Incredible or uh, what was the show on NBC that was kind of like that, Real People or something like that, but it's neither one of those. Skip Stevenson, remember that name from the past uh, in yep. that show, Sarah Purcell or whatever her name was, but it, that was easy. So when I grew up, one of the Tennessee teams I loved deeply was Ernie Grunfeld and Bernard King. Doug's heart just leapt when I said that. Yes. Bernard yes. King, Ernie Grunfeld, they were on the cover Sports Illustrated. And nobody, I, sorry, nobody will ever know how truly great Bernard King was. Oh, unbelievable. Like, you look up his NBA yep. stats, it's insane. Yeah. yeah, he had some great, the New Jersey Nets, was it the Knicks? He, yeah, he had some great leading the league in scoring kind of stuff. His career didn't probably hit where it could have, should have overall, but yeah, Bernard King and Ernie Grunfeld were great. So I watched, I wish I could remember the name of the announcers, uh, Joe Dean, and somebody else announced a lot of their games. But give me that Tennessee team, I'm playing for them against Rupp Arena, Kentucky, Kevin Greevy, whoever. Put me in. I'm I'm in. Is, was Jack Givens too young for that, or would he have been playing, Doug? Well, he's right around that era. Yeah. I'd have to look. Yeah. I saw Kevin Greevy light it up, I think, against Vanderbilt one year when I was a little kid. But give me Bernard, give me Ernie at Rupp Arena. Whatever it takes, I'm, I'm knocking those two free throws down. Nice. That's a great question. Love I've it. never – I've never thought Thank about you. that one. That's a good one. Thank you. So the next question, you're going to be given a free vacation. And your choices are a beach vacation, cabin in the woods, or mountains. Mount. Not necessarily the woods. Don't want to put you in South Vienna or something like that. <laughs> Whoa. We got, a, we got a pretty South good Vienna. following from South Vienna. Don't do that. <laughs> or an Alaskan cruise. Easy. What are, you, what are you taking? Mountains, number one, by a mile from three and four two is close with a cabin in the woods i like if you get the cabin in the woods uh, in a mountain i'm totally sold alaskan cruise i mean i do it don't get me wrong i'll take any of these trips but that would definitely be a strong fourth beach you're a beach guy tim i know that but um i'm just to me the thing with beaches are it's a body of water and it's sand it can be a little bit different, but it's a body of water and sand. Mountains, cabin in the woods can take on so many shapes, so many sizes, so many forms. You never hike the same tra- trail twice anywhere you go. Beach and water to me is water, beach, sand. Now, Cannon Beach in Portland, I'm a huge fan of Cannon Beach in Portland, so that might change it a little bit, but definitely mountain first, cabin in the woods second. Okay. And then I guess we'll go back to the Pinkleton Five. You're on the road trip, and I know you're a big eater. Your family said, hey, Dad, we're hungry. Yep. Now, you've got Whataburger, you've got In-N-Out, Chick-fil-A, and McDonald's. Where is the pink caravan pulling off and cashing in rewards points? <laughs> That's it right there, baby. <laughs> Doug Harris taught me well on that one. He's good in that one. Uh, if my wife... Makes the call, which I want to love my wife well and serve her well. It's probably Chick-fil-A. Love Chick-fil-A. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I'm not crushing it by a mile. But, I mean, if there's in and out, I'm going in and out one way or the other. Loving my wife, getting her to Chick-fil-A. She taught me the method. I never knew it before about shake the salad, you know, get the dressing mixed all around. But, I mean, I like Chick-fil-A. Don't get me wrong. It's great. Friends in the business. Love it. But in and out since it's an option because I got it in no time around me. And, again, we've talked about it on this podcast before. Christian leadership there as well. I'm going in and out. Chick-fil-A second. Whataburger, if I went to it, I probably went as a little kid, but I don't remember. I know you, Tim, don't you like Whataburger? I do. Yeah. Doug, where are you going? Did we? Where did you tell me when you were on here before, Doug? 
Drawing a blank. Well, drawing a blank. You don't know right now where you would go? Out of those four? Yeah. In and out. Come on. <laughs> you guys are traveling way more than I am. Like <laughs> In and Out Burger, where is it? West. Yes. See. Yeah. So I'd have to say Chick-fil-A because I know there's one on Bechtel. Yeah. That's about, you know, that's a trip for me. That's a, you know. Okay. So I'm going back. That's getting out. I'm going back on my dream job and my first breakfast speaker I ever had for the gathering. I need to see if I can get him on a podcast at some point, but Todd Blackledge, that's the dream job. That dude gets to go to football games and then he mm. does his like Saturday, whatever it is, where he goes and or Friday night and he goes and visits yeah. some great local college restaurant and posts videos about it or whatever. And he's had, what's it called? What does he call that? Todd's. He's got some shtick for it, but uh, that'd be the gig where you're getting to go eat at the local great establishments and college towns. Yeah, and just for your reference, Jeff, In-N-Out is coming to Nashville. Oh, really? Where's it going to be? I'm thinking Antioch, Smyrna, I believe is where the first one, but they're actually going to build an office in Franklin, so there'll be more. So when you come to... When you come back to Nashville, you'll have your choice of all four. Ron Pinkleton will be all over that one, I hope. (laughs) So, Jeff, let me ask you this other question here. And this might be the final question. I know we're getting tight on Can time here. Can I just here. say this? I'm impressed, Tim. No notes. Just off the top of your head. Yeah. You're a natural, brother. What was, the, it. What was the ratio? Uh, five Tim questions for every .3 Doug Harris questions? Hey, it's, I think it's wonderful. You it's put, hey, hey, Tim, you it's don't realize. quantity versus quality. You don't realize how much you have blessed Doug by doing what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So, Jeff, we have kids that are close to the same same age, and, and they're all going through that different stages of life where they're starting to leave the nest. If you have one piece of advice that you would share with them when they're leaving the house, what would that be? That's good. That's one I want to think about, not just give some obvious Sunday school answer, you know, whatever the, the right answer is. Um Okay, here it is. You didn't give me this, so I have no idea. It's definitely got to be a spiritual answer. So to not give them something spiritual would be a bogus thing. And I'll tell you, my my middle son, Ethan, who is now in college, Grace, over in Indiana, I think he's probably done this. And I didn't say it. I wish I would have. But I I think he's doing all right in this one. Desire Jesus' presence more than anything else in life. Get in at all costs daily. Every chance you get, moment by moment, desire the presence of God more than anything else in your life. It'll take care of every other problem. Boy, that sounded Sunday school, but I didn't know it. That's good. I'm fighting it. I'm like, I don't want to be Sunday school, but I think that that is, I would feel 100% good with that answer. Amen. And then I would say, as Ethan impersonated me the other day, and I put the video on Facebook, the first time Tim Young I've ever done a reel, I had no clue how to do a reel. It gave me the option. I'm like, in this case, I'm going to do it. He made a joke about make sure you use your coupons, get your McDonald's app. They give a lot. So I would definitely add that quickly after pursue the presence of God above all else. <laughs> the power of social media. That's right. And coupons. And and apps. And apps. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, you guys, you got to be wrapping this bad boy up pretty soon. So you That's better it, figure man. out That's, what's. I tell you what, those are, those are the questions that I had for you, Jeff. Appreciate your time today. It was always great. Captain, I got some questions, but they they would pale in comparison to what our great host <laughs> Tim Young has come up with. You know, it I was love- hard to try and figure out the the intro too, because I'm like, do I come off being Jeff Pinkleton with Hello Friends, or do you do like uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Whoa, this is yes. Jackson. Welcome to the Pickleton Pull Aside Podcast. And then you kind of transition into Burgundy. So I'm like, okay. How Tim Young not does work. not have a podcast blows me away. How does he not have one? <laughs> the tough thing for you, Tim, would be figuring out what you're going to do with it. Because you could go a lot, a lot, a lot of directions. That's that's true. That is true. The podcast would be fun. And I've, I've encouraged you guys to have whatever level of conversation. But your son, Devin, and Chase Yance... Those two dudes doing something together, which yeah. Chase was on a previous episode with Jaden. I talked about yes, two young I people having that. a podcast, but Chase and Devin, that would be Cincinnati, Ohio could get totally overtaken by those two. Yep, I agree. Tim, did you do the uh, rapid fire? Did you complete that? You know, Pinkleton puts people through torture with that thing. Can you do yeah, it? Yeah, so we, we got the we got the rapid five in. We 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 did four of our own and then we we brought in one of Jeff's classic five. Got mm-hmm. it. Got it. You know what's fun being on video oh. is seeing the generational. Oh, wait, difference. I was present for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you 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 lost your spectator seat, and you said, "Well, let I don't, me just I don't... say this. Let me just say this. It wasn't very rapid. If that's what we did, <laughs> yeah, no, that's true." Doug, I was hoping sooner than later you would feel comfortable enough with Tim that you could talk to him like you would me and Rob. Because with me and Rob, you didn't hold back and you jabbed where you needed jabs. So we needed we needed the right Tim Young jab coming back at his way from you. Well, I love the Tim bringing up, or, or your son bringing up the coupon king that you are. Yeah. Yes. You know, that you're, you're famous for that. So, yeah, I don't think you've ever paid full price for anything in your adult life. So, well, Doug, you need to have Dot show you on Facebook the the reel he did the other, or that I, I've converted it to a reel that he did because I'm a big believer, and Young Life taught me this very well. I mean, if you're not willing to laugh at yourself and poke fun at yourself first before other people do, you're missing it. And he uh, he nailed me pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great answer, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll make t-shirts. That's yeah. right. Yes. <laughs> All right, Tim, how you, how you closing us up? That... How you closing us up, Tim? Jeff, I don't really know how to close, man. I just keep going on and on and on and on. So I would say that uh, it's been a pleasure to be the guest host with my good friend, Doug Harris. I think we've hopefully shed some light on who Jeff Pinkleton truly is. We have. And, and I've I enjoyed think, being Ed McMahon to your right. Johnny Carson, yeah. too. Yes! You know what, Doug? The, yes. the New York Jets theme for this year, or maybe it's their theme all the time, would, would speak well to Tim Young. All gas, no break. Bam. Ah, I like it. You get, you get that right. microphone like in it. front of him, or you get that spotlight. He can roll. Yeah. yeah. He's got a future, Pink, of the three of us. I would put my money on him. Oh, yeah. He's got a future in this business. Oh, yeah. Well, as you mentioned before, Doug, I also too have a face for radio, so yes. I could be in, yeah. I'm in a good company here. Give give the lens though. Keep your eye on Devin Young. Let's go back to that one for a minute. That guy is doing it. Yeah, he's um he's doing some crazy stuff, and it's it's just so. I'd look at it and I I just sit back and think, how did you do that? And he he actually just did a pair of shoes for like the the guy that bakes those shoes, cake shoes. At Jeff Ruby's, wow. he just did a pair of shoes for him. So I'm like, hey, okay, a free meal at Jeff Ruby's yeah. would be nice too. That's kind of cool. Yeah. But he does, he does some crazy stuff, and it's just, it's, it's awesome. Just free Jeff Ruby's gift card for the yes. podcast Tim Young most listens to. Yes, yeah. Jeff Ruby sponsors the <laughs> podcast. Bring yeah, it. Let's go. Let's go. 
All right. Well, I guess I better close this up. Hey, you better close it. Tim, Doug, this was great. This was fun. I laughed. I started out in tears. I end up with a big smile on my face. So much, much love. And Me I wish too. everybody that knows Doug Harris could see him on Zoom. It's such a beautiful thing. If I can get this framed, I've taken a couple pictures. It's going into my bedroom somewhere. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Blessings, I guys. Love you, man. This was always fun. Always have, always will. Much love, guys. All right, gentlemen. Yeah. All right. See you, Tim. All right, guys. Thank you for joining us on the Pinkleton Pull Aside podcast. You can reach Jeff at gatheringmiamivalley.org or find us on Facebook at The Gathering of the Miami Valley. Join us again next week for another honest and rich conversation. The Rise FM Podcast Network.